This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to get better clients, create a better practice, and have a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. Look, everybody needs a home office. Everybody. Today, you're going to discover the benefits of a home office no matter what stage of your life or what stage of your career. And I'm not talking about the tax benefits. I'm talking about the terrific benefits of having an office in your home. Now, obviously, the government supports this because the government gives you a tax benefit for having an office in your home. As I'm always saying, whatever the government wants us to do is probably a way for us to reduce taxes for sure, it's also a way for us to make more money. And there's no place where this is more the case than having a home office. So this is a matter of, am I going to work smarter or harder? I think back to my the beginnings of my career. So I have had a home office basically forever, okay? And I had a home office when I was an employee, there were certain things I wanted to be able to do in my, in my home office. Now, as an employee, you don't get much of a tax benefit. Still, there are just some things that were easier for me to do in my home office. When I started my first CPA firm 25 years ago, I was off seeing my home because I didn't want to spend the money. So that was a great time to have a home office when I... I needed to protect myself. I needed to protect my assets. I needed to protect my cash flow. I had two clients. I didn't have a lot of cash flow coming in. And I had my normal expenses as a father of two, where I was the single earner in the family. So we always think about having a home office when we're starting out. I will tell you that it wasn't long thereafter that I decided to office in a separate office for my for a lot of the work I did for my business. Now, why was that? I discovered that people weren't sending me referrals because they thought I was just in between jobs. They thought that I was in I had a home office because I was just going to get another job. So they didn't want to send me clients that you know I wouldn't be able to take care of down the road. As soon as I moved out of my home office and had a place of business, now it was $250 a month, so it wasn't very much money. As soon as I did that, I was legit. That doesn't mean I got rid of my home office. I want to be clear. I retained my home office because there were certain things that made more sense for me to do at home. All right, fast forward 25 years. I am on the flip end of my business. I am now to the point where I don't run my business on a daily basis. I have a partner who does that. I have managers who do that. So I could go into the office. Now I have a home office because I actually find that I interfere when I go to the office. I actually discovered two things. First of all, I am a disruptor. And most of you who have are the managing partner or uh, own your own CPA firm, you're disruptors. That's our nature. We're entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs 
by our nature, we're disruptors, which is great when you're starting out. You're going to disrupt everything. You want to change everything. You want things to be your way. You being, dis being a disruptor is a great thing. And there are times even now, now my business is very stable and I have great clients and I have a terrific staff. Now, if I'm in the office and I'm disrupting things, I'm not adding, okay? I'm subtracting. That disruption is a subtraction. So I go into my office once a week and I go in to meet with my staff and my partner. And once in a while to meet with clients because most of my clients, I work with phone, fax, and email. I don't work with them face-to-face. -face. And I would suggest, suspect, I would suspect that for most of you, you don't, most of the time, you're not working with your clients face-to-face -face either. So I would suggest if you do meet with clients, you do, let's say you have a lot of local clients and you're going to meet with clients, schedule a day that that's client day and go in on that day to meet with clients. Schedule another day, that's staff day. Go in and meet with staff. Reserve a couple of days a week at, at least to work at home, out of your home office. And here's why. Not only will you not disrupt your staff, <laughs> but you're going to have peace and quiet. You know, you and I both know, when we go in the office, our time's not ours. Remember when the great idea was we need to have an open door policy. I believe in that policy. We, as the manager, the person who's running the business on a day-to-day -day basis needs to have an open door policy. Well, what that means is, is that your door is always open. How are you going to do your important administrative work? How are you going to do your important strategic work? How are you even going to do your important client work that requires a little peace and quiet? Well, May I suggest a home office, right? So you get up in the morning. Remember, follow the government rules. You start your day at your home office. You end your day at the home office. So first things first, you get everything set up for the day in your home office. You maybe get a couple of tax returns done, get everything set up for the day. Then you go into your office where your clients come and your staff work. At the end of the day, you come back to your home office. Why do you do that? Because you need to wrap up your day. You need to clean up your emails. You need to tie out loose ends. You need to look at your calendar for the next day. Make sure you're prepared for the next day. These are things that I do every single day. All right. I always start my day at my home office. I always end my day at my home office, even when I do go into the other office. So what you do in each office has a big impact on your profitability and on your health. Because if we get frustrated and our stress level goes beyond productive, then our health starts to decline. So we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing in the right place. You, you've heard of Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. And he talks about getting the right people on the bus in the right seat. Sometimes we have to look at, are we on the right bus, and are we in the right seat? And what I've discovered is, if I'm at the office all the time, I get very frustrated, and my staff gets even more frustrated. That is not the right seat for me. The right seat for me 
is my home office most of the time. Or traveling. I learned something else. We make more money when I'm not at the office. I know that seems so counterintuitive. Wait a minute, you contribute so much to the office. And what about all that, that, that time you spend billing? Going, A, I'll spend more time billing at home than I will in the office. My home office, I always bill more than I do at, at, the, at the outside office. And the reason for that is because I have quiet, select time that is really good time. Second of all, what my primary job is, is to bring in clients and to talk to clients. Well, I'm much going to be much better at that if I'm not constantly interrupted, right? Or if I'm out and about. So when I could be traveling, now here's a, it's a little woo-woo. I warn you, it's a little woo-woo. I can be traveling in Japan like I am later this month for with uh, Robert Kiyosaki. I can be traveling in Japan and we will make more money in Phoenix, Arizona. Now, why is that? Because we don't, we don't do Japanese tax work. So why would that be? Well, part of that is I am out there spreading really our energy. I'm out there doing something to contribute. And for whatever reason, it means that there's more positive energy in the office. There's more positive energy. You're going, yeah, there's more positive energy, Tom, because you're not there. Well, that is part of it. Again, I do disrupt. It's also, though, because I'm out doing what I should be doing. When we know what we should be doing, see, this is all part of, are you in the right seat? Now, some of you are on the wrong bus. You're in a job where you should be out on your own. When I started my first CPA firm, it was called uh, Thomas Wheelwright CPA. And eventually I had one employee, so I could call it Thomas Wheelwright and Company. When I did that, I'd been in the workforce working for big companies for 13 years. I had a friend who came to me at, when, I, when I, I told her that I was starting my own business. And she said, it's about time. We all knew you'd start a business. We were just waiting for you to wake up to that. So they knew it. I didn't know it. Could I have started earlier? Absolutely. I could have. Now, I learned a lot of things while I was working for other companies. I, I don't regret a minute I worked for those other companies, even the one that wasn't a good fit. I don't regret a minute of because I learned so much. On the other hand, what I recognized the very first year, and I, I told my, I remember distinctly telling my wife this because we were not, I mean, I had very little money coming in. I said, look, if I make $30,000 a year for the rest of my life, I can never go back to work for somebody because it's not, it's not the right bus. So some of you are out there and you're thinking, I really need to start my CPA firm, but how do I do that? Well, we actually do that at WealthAbility. We have a WealthAbility network for accountants and CPAs, and we'll actually not only teach you how to start your business, we'll actually teach you, we'll actually send you clients once you're qualified for them. So we'll walk you through the whole thing. So don't be afraid of that, okay? Give us a call. Um, go to WealthAbility.com. Because getting on the right bus, I'll tell you what, there's nothing 
like it. Getting in the right seat is equally important. Now, I work with, I, I coach one-on-one several of our WealthAbility Network members. And when I coach, some of them really are just, they are happy as clams just sitting down doing the work. And they may always be on their own and have maybe one employee or two employees. Great. If that's the right seat for you, that's what you should be doing. I would tell you, my wife is one of those. She has a small CPA firm. She's, she has two employees. She works out of our house. Her office is our home. Okay, so she only has a home office. And she loves it. She gets to pick up the grandkids on Tuesdays. She gets to spend time with her daughter, who, by the way, works, works with her. She gets to spend travel. When, when I'm traveling, she can get away and she can travel because it's really a lifestyle business. That's what she wants to do. And she loves preparing tax returns. For me, and actually some of my, our members, I'm working with them going, they're saying, I'm having so much struggle keeping people. I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of turnover or I'm just always anxious. I'm going, maybe you're just in the wrong seat. Maybe you shouldn't be the one run, managing the company. See, a manager and an entrepreneur, not the same thing. See, somebody who goes and gets an MBA, that's a master's of business administration. Not your entrepreneur, right? An MBA is not for entrepreneurs. An MBA is if you want to be a manager in a big company. That's what an MBA is for. It's a great degree for that. There are th- those of us, though, with our, own, with our own CPA firms that we're trying to wear too many hats. So we're trying to sit in like five different seats. And I get that when you're first starting out. I totally get it. I did everything. I was chief cook and bottle washer. I prepared the returns. I reviewed the returns. I um, assembled the returns. I talked to the clients. I did the filing. I did everything. Right, the first year I did everything. Then I actually went out and acquired a practice. Remember, you can buy a CPA practice, an accounting practice. I went out, bought a practice, and with it came one of my best employees still. Barbara was her name, and she was my receptionist, but she did much more than that. She was absolutely terrific. I loved every minute she was there and and miss her. And she's gone off to do other things. Those are life's given her opportunities other places. And I love that for her. She was in the right seat for a long time. And then she needed to be in a different seat. She actually needed to be on a different bus. And that was fine too. So we're always looking at our employees, but how often are we looking at ourselves? Are we in the right seat? So when I look at these members of ours and they're trying to manage and they're really terrible managers, and I know a terrible manager when I see one because I all, all I have to do is look in the mirror. I'm not a good manager. I don't like the details. I get frustrated with them. The, the interaction with the staff, I, I demand a little too much of them. My expectations are a little like over the top, right? With a partner, I'm a great partner. And I have great partners. So I work much better as a partner than I do as a manager. So when I started my new CPA firm, so I sold my old CPA firm 
that I built over the years. I started my new CPA from Wheelwright Manahan. So um, Wheelwright Manahan just has a few clients, maybe 50. And when I start was starting that, <laughs> my the former managing partner of the firm I sold, um, he'd retired. You know, so it all kind of worked out at the same time where we sold the firm and he retired. And he told me, he said, Tom, do not be managing that new CPA firm. I said, okay. I said, I think I need so-and-so who used to work for us and moved away. He goes, that is exactly who you need. And I don't care. And, and he told me, he said, whatever the cost is, you need her. And that was my partner, Karen Manahan. And so we're partners now. It's a great partnership. She, she loves running the business. And she's great at it. Detail reviews, making sure, and, and the staff love her. They absolutely love working for her. She's a terrific leader. She's very young and she's completely stepped up to the role. And it's been very, it's been very cool to watch the growth in um, somebody I consider to be a young person. I, <laughs> I consider anybody under 50 though to be young. She's way under that. So, I watch this and I watch how good she is managing. And I and I watch her. Okay, no, I don't just turn it over to her. I know what's going on every day. I just know what's going on from a distance. And some of you need to get some distance from your office at least a couple of days a week because you'll be happier and I promise you, so will they. And that's not a criticism at all. It's a, it's a recognition of who we are. So it doesn't matter whether you are just starting out. If you're just starting out, I suggest if you're just starting out, by the way, <laughs> rent an executive office just so that you have a business address and people take you seriously. That doesn't mean you can't spend most of your time in your home office and you've just got this you know, business address, right? Go to that executive office to meet with clients. Go to the executive office to meet with attorneys, right? Just so that you have a business office address. That's important. But most of the time, you can work at home. Then think about the middle of your career. Okay, you need to be the office on a regular basis. I get that. Let's say you like to manage and you're a good manager. Great. So spend the first hour before you go into the office at your home office, you will be happier because you'll get that administrative work and you'll be able to clean up emails, etc., and maybe do a tax return or two, right, before you go to the office. Go to the office, have an open door policy. Invite your staff in. Make sure that you're communicating with them. Make sure you're communicating with your clients. Do all that during the middle of the day. Then come home and spend another hour or two at your home office. Now, that means that you have a shortened day at the business office, right? That's exactly right. But that's okay. Our staff, they're big people. They can handle it. They do not need your constant oversight. Now, I think staff, for the most part, they want to come in and they need to come in. I, I, I do believe that. If they need to work from home once in a while, I have no issue with that. I just think that it creates some camaraderie. And that's another reason why if you're managing the office, you should be there for sure. Open door policy. At least one day a week though. Maybe it's Friday, maybe it's Monday. 
Maybe it's the middle of the week. You take that day and you're at your home office. They'll, they'll be fine managing themselves. They're happy to manage themselves. Trust me. They have questions. They can send you an email. They can call you. Okay. Make sure that that time in the morning is sacred. Do not give that up. Don't get into the office at seven in the morning, please. In the, in the business office. You need that time at your home office. When you come home at night, you need that time too. I know daddy, daddy's home or mommy, mommy's home. Great. Give them a hug. Get them all ready. Put them to bed. Go to your home office for an hour. You don't need a lot of time. You may not need a lot of time at your home office. Just some absolute quiet time. Time that you can get things done that realistically can't get done at the business office. Now, when you get to a more mature practice or, or, or if you're a disruptor like I am, you should get out sooner. Even though you may not have stability, maybe you're the reason you don't have stability. And maybe what you need to do is you need to say, look, let me bring a manager in, right? Or let me promote to a manager. But let me have a manager here that can run the day-to-day. And that that is the right seat for them. It's a very different, we use, um, we use Colby, K-O-L-B-E, which is an assessment of natural instinct. And I will tell you, there's a very different Colby score for a manager than for an entrepreneur. For somebody who's constantly in, an, an innovator, in other words. So if you're the innovator, you're probably not the manager. Or you probably shouldn't be. So get the manager in there. Use Colby. It's K-O-L-B-E.com. It's an independent company. We, we're one of the big, we're actually a fairly big client for them because all of our, all of our clients take Colby and all of our staff take Colby and all of our recruits take Colby. Okay. It's worth it. Um, because we want to get the right people in the right seat. Get them on, making sure the right people on the bus, that's not a, typically that's not a Colby issue. That's not a natural instinct issue. Typically that is, do they have the skill set and do they fit? Whether they're in the right seat though, that's almost always a Colby issue. So use the tools that are available to you. And I know there are other tools, okay? And I love all of them, okay? I'm a little, I, I particularly love Colby for this situation. So take advantage of that. Kathy Colby spent years and years and years, 30 plus years developing this. Take advantage, use it. It's not very expensive and it will help you get the right person in the right seat and get you into your right seat. And that's giving you the time, really, if you're not a manager, if you're an innovator, disruptor, then you should probably spend more time in your home office. So everybody should have a home office. I don't care where you are in your career, what your station in life, you need a home office. And you'll do different things at different times of your life. I've had a home office for 35 years. And I will tell you, I love having a home office. In fact, I love it so much, I'm building a new home office. Literally, I'm building a, a studio next to my house because I don't have room to do things like podcasts um, that I would like to do. And I don't have a, a special place just to do that. Well, that's where I am right now, okay? Now, I could have put that studio in the office, in the business office. 
I purposely chose to put it next to my house. Why? Because I, I want quiet. I want peace. This is my space. And I don't want that space interrupted, frankly. So take advantage of that extra room in your home. If it means that you need to put air conditioning in your garage, put air conditioning in your garage and make that your home office. Find a place where you can do things that will help you be better with clients, help you be better with staff, create a better practice, and you'll have a better life. See you next time. What if you could discover a simple way to double your profitability in the next 90 days without adding any new clients? As a listener of my podcast, I want to give you, for no charge, my five-step process for doing just that. Just go to wealthability.com slash CPA profit right now to get this free gift. I know this claim probably sounds exaggerated, but it is entirely doable and much easier than you'd think. In fact, this is the same five-step process that Cindy, my friend and member of the WealthAbility Network, used to increase her overall revenue by 50% while actually getting rid of some of her most troublesome clients. There's no purchase necessary. Just do these five steps and watch the results. To get your copy of this free gift, go to WealthAbility.com slash CPA Profit. WealthAbility.com slash CPA Profit and double your profits now. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>